Hi, I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey. Welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. You can find more information on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explores diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. Structural racism and lack of representation in schools have often been a problem, especially for Black, Indigenous, People of Color, or BIPOC. These students often find a hard time getting a sense of belonging while on campus. Well, today on Arts, Artists, and Advocates, we are proud to feature four advocates for student success. They believe in the notion that representation matters, and they work tirelessly every day so that all students feel important. I'm excited to bring this important information to you today, and our show is entitled Representation Matters. Please welcome to the show my amazing guest, Dr. Nathaniel Cologne, Deb Kay, <laughs> Amina Lott. Come on and give them a round of applause and show them some mad love. Hey, everybody. Hello. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to do a quick round of introductions so that the audience knows exactly who's in the room today. We're going to start with the amazing, incomparable, <laughs> she's blushing, Deb Kay. Go ahead, Deb. Tell us who you are. Hi, Dr. Bailey and everyone out there listening to us. Um, I'm very happy to say that I am now working for the ODI, Office ah. of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Yay. in the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, located in the Arts and Science Building, mm -hmm. Room 1313. Yes. Come and visit. And I am um, working with students for the Access Program, okay. formerly known as the TRIO Program. Mm -hmm. Access is access to college, careers, with excellence through student services. What a cool name. I love it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mouthful. Access does it. <laughs> Access does it. Well, we also are joined today um, by Amina Lott. Uh, she is going to introduce herself at this time. Go ahead, Amina, and welcome. Thank you for having me. I am the coordinator of the WISE Institute here at Lansing Community College. And I also have this small thing I do on the side where I am the executive assistant to Dr. Tanya Bailey. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that just means Amina is, uh, the A is for amazing. Uh, so you're doing more than one, one thing over there. So thank you for being here. And I am proud to welcome to LCC community a new member to our campus and to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Dr. Nate, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dr. Nate. I'm glad to be here. I'm the new director of the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, and I'm excited to be a part of the team at LCC. Yeah, that sounds like a commercial. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have recorded that. Okay. Sounded good. <laughs> really good. So welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you all are here. As I mentioned before, today's topic is on representation matters. So we're going to focus all of our energy on that. And our first segment, I want our audience to get to know you a little bit better. And Deb, you did a great job starting off about where you work and, and some of the things that you do. But I want to kick it over to Amina really quick um, and, and answer this question for our listeners. Uh, tell us about where you're from and how that impacts the work that you do, particularly like with the WISE program. 
Oh, absolutely. Definitely informs the work that I do. So I'm from Detroit. Yay. Um, and one benefit I had being a black woman from Detroit is that it is uh, among the most densely populated black cities. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with a lot of representation in a lot of spaces. Nice. And what I bring to the WISE Institute is this familiarity with black people in multiple posts, in multiple positions. Nice. And so um, I know that sometimes I interact with participants. We call them our WISE scholars. Yay. Who <laughs> may not have that representation. I've seen something they have not seen, mm-hmm. and it is to convince them that it exists, to show them, to expose them, to bring that to where they can see it also. I love that. Oh, we have a, a WISE is an acronym, so you have to tell our audience what WISE stands for. Absolutely. It is Women Inspiring Scholarship and Excellence. Ooh, say it again in the mic. Yes. <laughs> women Inspiring Scholarship and Excellence. I love it. And you self-identify as female. I do. And so your experiences have been really impacted by this program that you're now leading for those that do the same, yeah? Absolutely. And um, something that is very unique, I think, um, about my program is that we service women of all ages. And this particular mm. cohort we have have a lot of women who are over 35. What? And Shout so <laughs> I am coordinating programming um, mostly for wise scholars for whom I am their junior. <laughs> well, shout out to adult learners. Listen, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, I can't go back to school or there's no possible way for me to get a connection because of my age, we throw that out the window. There is a program for you called WISE. So Amina's going to tell us more in just a few minutes, but I got to get to Dr. Cologne. Uh-huh. Yes, tell us about uh, where you're from and how that impacts the work that you're now doing in the Chavez Center. Okay, I'm from New York City. I'm from Harlem in particular. And Now you guys got a call. You got something like, when you say New York, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, something, right? <laughs> it depends. Um, we just say Harlem world most of the time. Harlem world. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm black in Puerto Rico, so I'm half black, half Puerto Rico, so representation matters to me a lot because I've always kind of struggled to fit in because growing up I wasn't black enough and then I don't look Mm -hmm. Hispanic enough, but I have a Hispanic last name. So I've always kind of been kind of to myself and just trying to find spaces where I could feel included. So I think that's important for me in my work is that students always feel comfortable and acknowledged and respected in any place that they are and we're welcome in and really push that they get a good education in a comfortable environment. I love it. You know, we have a very thriving uh, Latinx population. Uh, What would you say to them in Spanish right now? They're listening. (laughs) On the spot. On the spot. (laughs) Es muy importante um, hablar español todos los días por trabajar mejor vida tu familia. Oh, my goodness. I understood that it's very important. I got that part. Yeah. Can you tell us, uh, for those that don't speak Spanish, what you just said? I said it's very important to work hard every day for a better life for your family. Wow. Beautiful. And this is all in the Office of Diversity <laughs> and Inclusion. I'm so excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Deb, you started off uh, with where you work, and um, I know that you were part of the Learning Commons um, for a couple of years ago, but tell us why representation matters and where you're from. Well, I was part of the Learning Commons for about six years, and representation does matter. I worked with um, learning assistants who are student employees, Mm -hmm. and they were embedded in the classrooms, and they would work with their peers, hold study groups, and we would hire peer students who looked like their students. Mm -hmm. So... um, I call the Learning Commons a little United Nations. (laughs) I love it. Um, There are so many different cultures there, so many different learning styles. Mm. Um, And so 
I got pictures of all of my learning assistants, and I put it on a poster, and it's hanging in my office now mm. in the Cesar Chavez Center. Nice. So that students can see themselves. That's good. Most of those students have graduated or transferred to other institutions, mm-hmm. and they're being successful. And if they see themselves represented or other students that yes. look like them, then they know that they can do it and be successful. I agree with that. It's really about a sense of belonging that I believe each of your programs are creating for students here on the campus. And so in that mindset, I have a quote. I want to read it, and whoever wants to jump in and respond, your knee-jerk reaction to this quote, um, let let me hear from you. So the quote reads, you can only aspire for what you can see yourself in. I'll read it again. You can only aspire for what you can see yourself in. What does that quote say to you and the work that you're doing with students? Anyone? I can go first. I, I think it says that it's important to be a role model. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times I don't think of myself being a role model, but you work hard to put yourself in a position to be a role model so students can aspire to you know, get a better education, work hard, and achieve the things they want to do. I love that. What about you, Amina? I think... The representation informing how you move forward, it can even be sublime. Mm. I had eight black male educators throughout my K-12 education, and I had no idea how rare of an experience that was Mm. until somebody told me. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have all this representation. I have seen all these things. Um, And possibilities are broader for me in ways I didn't even notice. I love that. I love that. Deb, did you want to share? I did, Dr. Bailey. It is important that people see that they can do it, right? Mm -hmm. It's important to share your story, your personal story Mm -hmm. with each student that you meet. Um, Because relationships, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents were young. They were 16 when my mom had me. And it was a struggle. Sure. Um, And so I like to share my story about how I grew up. but sharing your story, building relationships, that's how you create belonging. I love that. I love, thank you so much for responding to, to that quote. Um, I feel that, you know, representation is beyond uh, racial makeup. Mm-hmm. Representation matters about different experiences, backgrounds. And, and I kind of live by the notion that you can't be it if you haven't seen it, right? And so I appreciate that. Well, listen, you're in for a treat because this is the first time we get to play a game that I call if (laughs) right here on arts artists and advocates it's a fun game i'm going to say a statement that starts with the word if and then you're going to just tell me what what your responses will be coming to mind are you ready to play all right here we go so here's the first uh if statement if diversity was a food or a cereal what would it be for you dr nate uh, I'll say Fruity Pebbles because it's a lot of different <laughs> colors, and that's my favorite cereal growing up. Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, you get surprised for that. Okay, Amina, what would it be for you? A charcuterie board. Wow. I love Can you make a charcuterie board? Can I can. I'm a snacker. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunch of foodies here, and that's okay. All right, Deb. So I thought about that, and I picked granola. Oh, that type of cereal because you just throw in all your favorite like fruits yes. and make it crunchy and and granola so healthy for you too. And that <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys are off to a great start. This is it's a tie. It's a tie. Um, I've got our second question. If equity was an animal, 
what would it be for you? Amina. I think a jellyfish. Ooh, why? It, fluid, mm. transparent. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Lasting. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, Deb, I see your I see your eyes going. <laughs> Can I copy Amina? Yeah, sure. Because that is a beautiful answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say, oh, a dog, because a dog is friendly and loves everybody and unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Amina's answer. <laughs> I want jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Nate, you can't choose jellyfish. I won't choose jellyfish. Already <laughs> taken. <laughs> I would say a lion because it's the king and not, is to be feared. And it, at the end of the day, it'll eventually win. So you can run around and dance, man. You could be, but you'll be the prey for the lion. Wonderful. Okay, listen, I got one more question. You all are doing great. All are doing great. Okay, if inclusion was a song, and I do want singing. Okay, if inclusion was a song, what would it be or what would it sound like? Is it yeah. my turn? Yes, I'm going straight to okay. you. Can I sing it? Go ahead. And you join in with me, Dr. Okay. Bailey, because you have the best voice no, ever. No, no, But thank you. Okay, here we go. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. That's it. It's the old Coke commercial for yes. those of you that are close to my age. I love it. Okay, top that, Dr. Nate. All right, I'm going to try to. I would say Whitney Houston's greatest love of all because it starts Ooh. with children are our future. Oh. Oh, Dr. Nate. I believe the children are our future. All right. Uh, the voice. <laughs> yeah. It's turning into a totally different show today. Uh, you know, I think it would be a clap bass line. Ooh. Because Ooh. then we can all join in. We can all harmonize. Some of us can stomp. Some of us can have some oh, instrumentation. Some of us can sing. Oh, my gosh. Oh you my hit that God. out of the park. Her answers have been just right. <laughs> On point. Wow. Okay, so you all have just played the game called If, 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 If. And you did a fantastic job <laughs> learning uh, more about diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, diversity is all about variety. Equity is about us distributing. You know, I like to say equity is, is not giving everybody the same shoe, but giving them the shoe that fits for them. Right. And then inclusion is making sure everybody's voices matter. And you did that so wonderfully. So we're going to move right along to our next segment, really diving a little bit more in about representation and why it matters, particularly for student advocates. We all know that students uh, need advocates. uh, And I know that the CCLC, the the Cesar Chavez Learning Center at LCC, does an amazing job with that. So our topic today is so fitting because representation refers to the basic idea that if students see people like them or like their experiences uh, reflected in courses or other life um, opportunities, they're more likely to identify with that experience as well as succeed, right? Uh, and so I want us uh, all to kind of ponder this thought. Tell, tell me in the audience today about the programs you currently lead and how you embed inclusion inside of those programs. So we'll start with you, Dr. Nate. I know you just got here. Okay. <laughs> How about talk about Men About Progress? Okay. Um, for Men About Progress, we were, uh, about making the young men um, more responsible academically and socially, so wanting them to do better, and just giving them a- avenues and venues to find support on LCC's campus to make them the, their better self. So, And we include inclusion in every aspect of all the components of all the programs we have at the CCLC, but we really want to encourage those men to to do well, to aspire to to do greater things, and 
get the best out of their educational opportunities while on campus. Outstanding. So if you're listening and you have, uh, you are a student here or you're, you know, aspiring student of LCC, there is a support program called Men About Progress. And it also has, a, I know, a chapter uh, called Brother to Brother uh, that is designed to help you socially, academically, personally, and to know that you are included, right? So if you self-identify as male, join us. All right, Amina, talk to us. The same question goes to you as well, um, really about how you are creating uh, inclusive communities uh, within the WISE program. Absolutely. Um, you know, you Using representation as a segue, mm -hmm. we have a job shadowing program. Oh, nice. There is a mentorship component, and those are both based around career aspirations. Nice. And so we try our best to match our participants with a woman who works in the field that she is in. Nice. And so... Um, creating that inclusion by like, you don't just know this woman exists. You are included. You have a relationship with this person. I'm inviting you to participate in this career field in this way. And what exposure is that doing for students, right? You're able to, you know, get firsthand knowledge on different career fields outside of the classroom. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. One of my favorite things we did over the summer was having some students report back about their job shadowing experience. Mm. Um, and as somebody who has had job shadowing experience, I know it cannot always, <laughs> it can surprise you sometimes, uh -huh. but they, you know, these were students who were reporting back about being able to be placed in something in their field of interest, nice. something they were majoring in. And to be included, you know, in the job shadowing, they were showing up as someone who was curious about the space, but they were welcomed as someone who was a participant in that organization. That's amazing. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So the access program uh, that you're coordinating right now, Deb, how are you creating inclusive communities through that opportunity for students? Well, first I want to talk about being welcoming, mm. okay? So the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, yes. located in the Arts and Science Building, room 1313. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> she said that twice. <laughs> I want people to come in and visit, yes. right? Um, we have popcorn. <laughs> we have soft music. We have tutors there. Yes. Um, we have created a space that is warm and welcoming mm. and we want students to feel like they belong so when they walk through that door and we know them we say oh hi amina mm -hmm. oh hi ty oh hi dr nate yes. or you know hi colleen we say their name if you say someone's name that's good it creates a sense of belonging. And then if we don't know them, we still greet them when they come through those doors. Yes. Hi, how are you? What's happening today? You know, and, and then we get to know them and we introduce ourselves and we ask them their name and what we can do for them. And then we develop that relationship, mm -hmm. right? Um, so the access program does a variety of things. Um, to sum it up in a nutshell, I feel like I'm the connector. <laughs> that I can connect students to their academic success coach. Nice. I can help them connect to the learning commons where the tutors are. I can help them with parking things. I can help them with financial aid. I feel like I am the connector. I feel that's what access does. And I want to break down barriers, nice. right? Mm -hmm. You know, because college can be weird <laughs> and strange. And we throw out these acronyms, right? Like the CCLC. What, what is, is that? that? <laughs> the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, um, located in the Arts and Science Building, first floor. So I just want to break down these barriers. And I feel that is what access is. A student can come in and say, 
Deb, I need help with this parking thing. What can I do? I, I will take them where they need to go. I have witnessed that. I have Thank seen you. you in action. Yeah, like where do I get food from, right? Because yeah. that's a concern. So I feel like the access program was meant for me and I was meant for it. And we can help students by making them feel welcome and like they belong. And if mm -hmm. we can break down these little things mm -hmm. like parking, mm -hmm. um, because I had a student who said I was going to turn around and go home because I couldn't find a parking spot, wow. you know. So little things like that, that's a barrier. Right. Um, not having your star card, mm -hmm. that's a barrier. I yeah. had to take students over to the star zone and say, this is where you get your star card. And you know what? You might need it to get access to a certain building. Right. Well, right. you know, what you're talking about is making sure folks representation that they matter, however they show up and eliminating the the various barriers, using your word, that might inhibit their success. And it's not just only in the classroom. Our faculty does an amazing job, but it's also getting to the classroom, right? Getting, <laughs> finding a place, a place to park in order to be in class. Um, I think that that's amazing, Deb, and that you've done a wonderful job uh, for our listener now is to know this is access. We go be above and beyond, the staff does, to make sure that every person feels respected and welcomed and that they have representation uh, that matters. So I want to do one more deep dive in this last segment of the show. I call it Getting Comfortable, Talking About Uncomfortable Topics. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so I want to ask my guest today uh, to think about your earliest recollection of your racial identity and how that plays into your work that you're doing now. So your earliest recollection, and, and do it in maybe like 30, 30 seconds. Like, so when was it? When did you first know about your racial identity? Dr. Colon. Um, For me, probably when I was younger, my grandfather didn't speak English. So I was just wondering, like, what is he speaking? Why is he not speaking English? And then we had to learn how to communicate with him. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of my family did, but living with my mother, we spoke English, so the rest of my family spoke Spanish. So I think that was a barrier for me to learn how to speak Spanish and learn how to talk to him. And then just understanding where he comes from, because a lot of times people took his lack of Spanish as a lack of intelligence, and that mm -hmm. bothered me my whole life. So I'm really sensitive about helping students who are English as their second language um, assimilate in and accommodate into our culture, but also keeping their own heritage and traditions and those things. So I think that really stuck with me at an early age. That is amazing. You know, th those uh, uh, individuals that uh, English is not their first uh, language, yeah. it's important that they feel that they are represented exactly. well and that they matter. And so to have an advocate like you yeah. is key. <laughs> yeah. Amina, I'm coming to you. Mm -hmm. And uh, same question applies, your earliest recollection of your racial identity. And how do you use that in the work that you do? So I always knew I was black, mm -hmm. but when I was eight years old, I found out that I was light skinned ah. and um, I had a routine of staring at myself to take this information in because I can't see myself when I go out in the world. And mm -hmm. so this is something that I need to recognize because the older I got, people treated me differently. Okay. And I take the awareness of that, that I don't just experience blackness the same way other people do, but there might be spaces in which I have some privilege mm -hmm. and I let that inform me in interactions with other black women, but also in spaces that perhaps other black women do not have access to. That's amazing. 
I think um, when we identify or, or, or talk about uh, these types of experiences, we're also learning about everyone's journey. And that is opening up a, an awareness that uh, wasn't there before. So, Deb, what was your first recollection of your racial identity and how do you use that in the work that you do with students? So, Dr. Bailey, mm-hmm. I identify as white. Okay. I have a certain privilege. Mm-hmm. So I really never, like, yes. had to think about that, yes. right? Yes. Um, so for me, it was, to answer your question, it's more of a financial, socioeconomic mm-hmm. thing because my parents were 16. Mm-hmm. They were on welfare. Mm-hmm. So there was a divide there. Also, growing up in the 70s. Oh, my. Title IX just came in. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of um, a sexual thing Mm -hmm. about male versus female in sports. And I played sports a little bit. And the disparity between the men's sports and the women's sports Mm -hmm. and when Title IX came in, that was a big thing for me. Right. So that's kind right. of where I can go with that question. Yeah, no, it's it's really a great response and gives us more insight into uh, your awareness. Uh, and I think the whole purpose of the question as we're doing a deeper dive uh, is to really talk about, you know, our first recollection and having that awareness and then how we're bridging that into the work that we do, allowing students to get to know us and to get to know the people that are leading programs such as this. I got one more and then we're going to wrap up uh, possibly today. Hasn't this been fun already? Right. Yes. <laughs> you may. You made it. You made it. Um, so talk to our listeners about um, how your programs, how they can get more involved in access, in Men About Progress, in the Cedar Service Learning Center, and WISE. What do you want, if you're listening right now and knowing that students are out there, what would you want to say to them and why should they get involved in the work that you do? I'm going to start with Amina this time. All right. I'll go with the Chavez Center first because you are welcome. Mm. It is the first thing you see when you walk in. You are welcome. Everyone is welcome. Nice. I love it. Um, For why specifically, I would encourage you to check out our website. Our applications are live for mentors. We are accepting mentors for the cohort Mm. beginning next year. We are also accepting applications until October 13th for participants. If you are interested in the WISE Institute and would love some um, focus pointed direction in your career from a woman in that field, nice. please check out the site. And if you are a mentor, right? And Absolutely. Want, wanting to volunteer to give back to a student um, and share your expertise, your experience, your knowledge, I think this will be a great opportunity. All right, Dr. Nate. I think the first thing is just come through the doors of the Cesar Chavez Learning Center. We have a lot of programs and activities that people get involved in. And just coming in, we'll find something that fits you. We don't want to, we want something that's going to be unique to your experience and that you're going to enjoy and get fulfillment out of because we know everybody's time is valuable and busy. So you come through the doors, we'll find something for you. So just come on in. We'll find whatever fits and matches and fits your purpose and what you're trying to get accomplished. That's a slogan. Come through the doors and we'll find something for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Deb, you got the last one. Okay. So I ditto what Dr. Nate said. Come through the doors. However, I want to get a shout out to the faculty. Yes. Okay. Um, the Cesar Chavez Learning Center used to be over in Gannon. Mm-hmm. Was it the second or third floor? Third floor. 
Yeah. So way over there in the corner, now we are visible. We're yes. in a new space in the Arts and Science Building. Let me guess, 1313. 1313, 13. <laughs> say it with me, yeah. So I would like faculty to bring their classes nice, yeah. for a tour, right? Mm -hmm. I would also like to invite faculty to hold their office hours in the Cesar Chavez. Come where the students are, meet the students yes. where they're at. That's um, amazing. That's what yeah, I And I would throw in there the community, right? So those of you who are listening today, you can uh, stop by the Cedar Chavez Learning Center, meet Dr. Cologne, meet Amina, and meet Deb Kay, uh, and all of the great works that they're doing. And they do a lot of great programming that invites the community in. And so the opportunities are endless. Will you please put your hands together and thank my guest today? This has been an amazing conversation and we are super, super glad that you all came. And I know that folks are going to be reaching out to you as soon as they hear this podcast today. So I want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. You can find more information on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. I've been your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey, and I'm reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time.